Merry Christmas and welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church this morning. It is good to be here and hearing even the energy in the room is uh, a great sign. Today is usually a little bit more reverent than what we do um, on a typical Sunday, at perhaps. Uh, candlelight service is special at, at our church. And um, throughout this morning, we are going to take this time and really key in on something very simple, the word light. You're going to hear it reflected in the songs the praise team's going to lead us in. You're going to hear some specials, some solos. Uh, we have special readings as well that um, not only pull us in as a church family, you're going to see family members ministering together this morning as well. But of all years, it gives us a, a great opportunity to not be distracted by the times of the year, the season, and the busyness, and really just stay focused on Jesus Christ from the cradle to the cross. So everybody should have one of these candles. This year we are not um, doing the actual lighting of the candle, and we usually go down and light each uh, candle. Uh, this year we've gone with the battery-operated candle. Um, just a little bit of an instruction is that if you turn it clockwise, it will come on. And, uh, but it should be off now. Um, in a little bit toward the end of the service, we will uh, all turn the, turn the light on together. So let's, uh, let's open in prayer this morning. We are grateful that you're here. Um, there's an emotion in, in the room that is very strong. I think we, it's, you don't even have to, to speak it. We can feel it, can't we? It's in a hopeless world, and some would even say it feels and looks hopeless this, this year. We're here to say it's not. It's, it's not. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, we love you today. So grateful for Cross Point Baptist Church. We are one of many Bible-believing churches that throughout the ages you've allowed to be established. We want to be honoring unto you. And when you are honored, you said that men and women will be drawn unto you. We only desire your agenda. That's it. It's not about our agenda. It's your agenda. Help us to be uh, men and women, boys and girls, of a spiritual family that want to let this light so shine that others may be drawn unto you. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for the cradle today, the way that you entered this earth. We're going to hear about it. We're going to read about it. We can celebrate uh, your birth because of what it represents, because of what you offer. So bless our time together and the people in this room. May we let everything just be kind of be pushed away and focus solely on you. I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Would you join with us as we sing our Savior's birth with the first Noel?
you may be seated. One eighteen twenty five Matthew one eighteen to twenty five. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her, till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Luke 2, 8 through 20. Now there were in the same country... Shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child, And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and as it was told them. Good morning. <clears throat> Merry Christmas, too. Got a frog in my throat, of course. Get <laughs> ready to sing. So, uh, uh, the song I'm going to sing for you this morning, God uh, blessed me to write this song years ago. I haven't sung it too many times. 
I was singing it for you this morning a cappella. It's called "Twas Christmas Day in Bethlehem." Twas Christmas Day in Bethlehem, as shepherds watched their flock by night, the angels came and what a sight they sang glad praises to the king and unto man good news we bring twas christmas day in the stable bare as jesus Lay in the manger there, and people came to honor him. Twas Christmas Day in Bethlehem. The wise men came from lands afar. Of following the brightest star, they came to worship him that day, and unto Christ their gifts to lay. Twas Christmas Day in the stable bare as Jesus. Lay in the manger there, and wise men came to honor him. Twas Christmas Day in Bethlehem. Two thousand years ago he came. And still we praise His holy name. He's coming soon. I'm glad to say. Then we'll have Christmas every day. Twas Christmas Day in the stable, as Jesus lay in the manger there. Some people will always praise him. It was Christmas Day in Bethlehem. The world will one day praise him. Twas Christmas. Day in Good morning. Pastor Scott asked me to talk about what does Christmas look like in the Jones household? And so I wanted to share some thoughts with that and uh, just a couple of minutes, though. And uh, how many of you begin uh, the Christmas season 
at Thanksgiving time or maybe even before listening to Christmas music now and uh, thinking about uh, the, the holiday season as, we, as a society calls it. Uh, many of us do, and I can uh, confess, be honest, that we decorate our Christmas tree the, the weekend of Thanksgiving every year for 39 years since, since we've been married. We've, we've done that, and uh, we enjoy every minute of it, and we celebrate the holidays fully, if I might say, uh, enjoying all of the uh, songs and the, the decorations, uh, the movies, the uh, family gatherings that we have. Uh, the parties, and the shopping. But I have to ask myself regularly and often throughout the Christmas season, am I too busy celebrating the holiday to consider the celebration of the birth of our Savior? And so I ask myself that over and over throughout time. And I, I try to stay focused that way on, on what Christmas really means uh, in the Jones household and to me personally. I'm just going to read a, a quick passage. Uh, Molly read it, and uh, just want to share this, this little uh, section here in uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, and you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now, when I think about those verses, I, I ask myself, how, do, how does God celebrate? How does God celebrate Christmas? Society celebrates the story. It's, it's the holiday season, and, and they're not afraid to talk about the, the baby in the manger and all those things, but it never gets to the cross. The story never makes it to connect the cradle and the cross together, Pastor Scott mentioned. God celebrates a gift, the gift of a Savior that was sent, as the verses describe, for you and for me, for all people. Society celebrates a babe born in a manger. Oh, it's so cute. You know, they, they play on that and the, the cuteness of it. It's part of the story, and they celebrate but God celebrates the lowliness of mankind, that he took, took upon himself that uh, human, lowly flesh and was born in a manger. The lowliness of mankind, that he might be like we are, to be grown up then and die on the cross, knowing all things as we suffer and as we go through things, that he was uh, certainly in that, that regard. He came for all people, as the scripture said. Society celebrates the baby Jesus. Most cultures never join the, the baby Jesus and the, the cross. But God celebrates a Savior who is Christ the Lord, as the scripture said. Society celebrates a day, born this day in the city of David. They celebrate a day. They look forward to that Christmas day, and then it's on to the next holiday. Right? They, they've already cleared the Christmas stuff off the, the shelves now, and it's on to the next uh, spring thing, if you will. December 26th, it's all over with. But God celebrates a life that was given to carry the burden of sin for all people, for all eternity. So in the Jones household, we celebrate Christmas 
with all the festivities and celebrations of Christmas. We love it. We celebrate. But in every way, we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate his birth in a manger, but we remember that he was born, that he might grow, and his purpose was to come and to grow and to die on the cross and to carry our sin debt and our sin burden upon him. And he did that for me. And when I can think about that, that's why I celebrate Christmas. He has the victory over death so that we can celebrate that first Easter Resurrection Sunday. So by celebrating these things, we can say, as in Luke 2014, uh, 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to understand the purpose of the manger, that it's the ultimate glory of the cross and the ultimate glory of your resurrection for all people that would trust you as their personal Savior. Today, may we focus on that. In this week, as we approach the Christmas Day holiday, may we do it with that expectation that you came to be the Savior of the world, that who might ever call upon your name, Scripture says, shall be saved. So we pray, Lord, that you would just help us to remember the cradle and the cross this Christmas season. We thank you in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you worship with us again as we sing What Child Is This?
decir
Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Matthew 4, 16. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. 1 John 1, 5 through 9. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? John 12.35-37 then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. Ephesians 5.14, therefore he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Luke 11.34-35, the lamp of the body is the eye, therefore when your eye is good, your whole body is also full of light, but when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Revelation 21:23 The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it the lamb is its light
Ecclesiastes 2.13 Then I saw that wisdom excels folly as light excels darkness. I don't know if you fully have caught what we've done here this morning by way of ministering God's Word and His Spirit throughout this um, uh, building this morning. <clears throat> we've had a married couple lead us in, in the Christmas carols. We've had um, brothers now um, share in, um, in the reading of the word light in the Bible. It's not exhaustive. We've had father and daughter read um, the, the Christmas narrative from the Bible. There's a family theme going on there. And miracle of all miracles. Do you believe in Christmas miracles? I do. My son's sitting on the front row. It is great to be here today. So hopeful. Gary Coffey, I've heard you sing that song before, I think. It's never stood out, the, the words and the lyrics. You wrote that song. He can, uh, you didn't have to write the music, per se, right? Because <laughs> it was a cappella, but uh, the lyrics of it. Uh, thank you for singing that song this morning. Very, very well done. You know, this time of year, there is, uh, in fact, Pastor Rogers stumbled on this a little bit that when all of the, uh, even world religions, we could say that, uh, but especially in our faith, um, and again, not all faiths lead to the same place. I want to be clear on that. But there is a temptation by our culture, and it, it can even make its way into the church, to over-commercialize or lose the meaning of things. And... Um, our goal is to not do that. Now, I'm going to share a word right now that may catch you off guard. Pa um, Pastor Rick, a couple weeks ago, he sent me an article from Answers in Genesis. You're welcome to go there. And this is simply me sharing this article to get uh, a more exhaustive uh, uh, reading of this. But I wanted to share something about Jesus Christ as it relates to him being the light, as you can see on the screens. In a moment, we're going to do our candles in just a moment. But there's another light um, that we sometimes have seen uh, throughout this time of year that you may be, uh, maybe some of you may not know anything about it or what it is at all. And others may be like, yeah, that's of a different religion. Um, but I'm going to show you something pretty unique here, how that... Jesus, the true author and finisher of our faith, the Word incarnate, actually participated in something that is known right now by another religion. You may think, oh, Pastor Scott, what's that mean? Let's go to Scripture for our answer. Well, that word I'm going to share right now is Hanukkah. Now, that's not a Christian term, right? That's not a term that we would use. We know that to be of a different faith, a different religion. And in John chapter 10, I want you to see something so unique 
about the Bible and about Jesus Christ. He doesn't do things by happenstance or coincidence. Okay? He, they're always on purpose is how the word is written. John chapter 10, verse 22 and 23 reads like this. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. Okay, I'm going to pause right there for a moment. Jesus is mentioned there in verse 22 as have being at the feast of dedication. What was this feast and why would it even be mentioned in the Bible when it's really not mentioned any, especially here, when it's not mentioned anywhere else that Jesus went there? The reason is that the feast is better known today as Hanukkah. So as usual in uh, our world, um, and we know that, um, that evil likes to do this, it likes to imitate and pervert. It likes to take what is true and add their own little spin to it or add their own even meaning on it. But Jesus was at this thing, Feast of Dedication, which we know today as Hanukkah. So let's talk about that for just a moment. You may think, well, why are you sharing this? Remember, because Jesus doesn't do anything by accident. This was on purpose that he was there. This feast is... Uh, also uh, referred to as the Festival of Lights, uh, not the one down at the zoo. That's a different Festival of Lights. But as it's mentioned in John 10, the word Hanukkah means dedication. It's a good word. That's a good word. As we move through this thought of Hanukkah, it appears that the main focus of the festival during the time of Jesus' incarnation when he was here on this earth, he's somewhere between 30 and 33. His public ministry is being made known. The incarnation was the, 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 this is what they would do. They would sing or recite psalms. They would have a feast with friends, family. They would go to the temple and the local synagogue to hear the reading of scripture, mainly from psalm. We'll touch on that in a minute. And give thanks to God for the freedom to worship him and the deliverance that Israel had from their enemies. It also probably includes a ceremonial lighting of candles, oil lamps at the synagogue or at homes. That's where you may have seen this. It's called a menorah. I was actually going to try to have one here today and then I thought about it and I'm afraid it would be too confusing. I didn't want to mix what we're trying to do here. But this, there would have been a lighting going on. Now remember, you think, well, why are you sharing this then if it's today? If we're, you're, saying, you're saying this is what he did, but how come we're not doing it? Because of the old covenant and the new covenant. Jesus many, many times would talk about the old to fulfill the old by representing himself as the new covenant. The perfect sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Takes away my sin and your sin. The mention of Jesus being at the temple for this feast of dedications in John, where we just read there in John chapter 10, it's not coincidence. This feast did not uh, require attendance at the temple. He didn't have to go to the temple. 
as did uh, other holidays. We have other, in fact, I shared that Wednesday night in our study that there's several holidays that were, there were three mainly, uh, Old Testament commanded by God, ordained by God. This is what I want you to do, Israel, uh, three annual. This wasn't one of those. Um, this wasn't one of those times, uh, but he went to the temple nonetheless. They would read Psalm 113 through 118 at the lighting of the menorah. As they're going around and lighting these candles, that would be the reading that they were being reminded of. Many times we come to church. Many times we come to Christmas. This candlelight service is one of our, uh, you can pretty much guess what we're going to do every year. We don't try to change it. We want to keep it as is because of the importance of it. It is a staple for us and it's a reminder of Christmas. If you're a member of this church, you know what Christmas is. But we need to be reminded, don't we? We're a forgetful people. Psalm 113, 1, it opens by saying, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. That's how it starts. What's also interesting is the last verse that they would read would be Psalm 118.29. And it reads, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. When we consider that just shortly before coming to the temple during Hanukkah, that where Jesus is talking about here, Jesus had declared himself as the light of the world. There it is. That's why he was there. That's why he was part of this dedication of feast. As they're lighting the candle and as they're reading the psalm of 113 through 118, just two chapters earlier, just prior to this event, Jesus had declared himself as the light of the world. He even healed a blind man, blind from birth, in John chapter 9. That had been, um, and he had been spoken of by the prophet Isaiah as the Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Also as the one who would give light to the Gentiles. Now I know our church pretty well. I know who's who. Gentiles, that's you and that's me. Aren't you grateful that he came to give light? Not just to a certain people group any longer. But to all men, all women that would come to faith. To bring out the prisoners from prison. To sit, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. He's talking spiritually. It's what he's talking about here in Isaiah 42. God was in the temple. The very God that they're singing about, talking about, and lighting about is in their presence. Well, the celebration of Hanukkah today, like many other holidays that Pastor Roger mentioned, it's, it's mostly been secularized. It's been commercialized with, with, with only a glimpse of, of, of God honoring historical, perhaps, backgrounds, but, but still visible. In other words, um, not the whole purpose of why we're doing this celebration, but, but we're, oh yeah, by the way, Jesus was born. But now let's have a party. 
We have to be careful that that doesn't happen to us in our church and in our hearts. Very careful. Hanukkah has become a time of overindulgence on fried food. Mass marketing has changed and thwarted the, the purpose and the meaning of Hanukkah as well. While the holiday is only mentioned in the Protestant Bibles, here in John chapter 10, it's very interesting that the religious leaders of the day made a connection between Hanukkah and the Messiah. If you'll, in John chapter 10, a couple verses, uh, the next verse down, in verse 24, it reads, Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt, keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. So they're, they're, they're piecing it together a little bit, and they want to know, are you this Messiah or not? It's interesting because in that time and day and age, and don't know if it's too far different over the history of the world, the king was Caesar. It was the government. In fact, that, that's what they were being, the Jewish nation was being very, very careful here. They were wanting the Messiah, the Messiah that they had conjured up in their mind, not the one of the Bible. But watch, because if they pledge allegiance to the Messiah that's saying no to Caesar, that could be the end of their culture. So they said, if you're it, then tell us plainly. Don't keep us in suspense. Jesus actually scolded them for not believing. And he plainly said in verse 30, he said, I and my father are one. So watch, watch what happens. He told them that he was the Messiah, just as they and he had read earlier in Isaiah, clearly stating it was a prophecy of him that, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, the captive. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set liberty to those that are oppressed. Luke chapter 4. These cross references. And, and in both cases, when he said that, they tried to kill him. He had to go. The apostle Peter, Peter further highlights God's light and contrasts it with darkness. I think Spencer read this verse. I, I get them mixed up on which one read which verse. But it was 1 Peter 2, 9. Speaking to Israel, but you are a, 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 a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. If you're a believer today, I got good news for you. A genuine believer, he's called you, lifted you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Don't look back to the darkness. Why would you go back? I'm not, don't want to conflate the two. I, I, salvation is, when he calls you out of that darkness, you now are living in light. You now are living in light. My wife and I, last night, we was talking about today, and we just had a, I just asked her, just, I'm not looking for a perfect answer, just, just a conversation. Why do we light candles? And it's, sometimes it's hard being married to a pastor 
Because she's looking for that theological answer. I'm like, no, no, I'm just, why, why do we light candles? We light them at birthday cakes. We light them at prayer vigils. Why do we light candles? And we just kind of picked at it. Well, a candle provides light, provides warmth, and of course all the things that you can do with it. I think we light a candle because it provides hope. There's hope. When there's warmth and light and, and certainty, there's hope there. This morning, for the Christians, we are told that we were delivered from darkness to light. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 echoes that sentiment once again. The Christians are further commanded to be light. Here's how I take the application of the menorah and tie it in with your life today. It's not that we're going to start having that here. It wouldn't be wrong to have here, by the way. But it's not that we're going to start having that here. It's this, that you and I are to be living menorahs. We're to be living light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Live your life as unto him. Other people will see it. Now, don't think you're going to live your life and then all of a sudden people's going to come groveling at your feet and go, I want what you have. It may not happen like that. It probably won't happen like that. But they'll notice that you're different. Why? Because of you? Because you're special? No, no, no. Because of what he, he's living through you. In the conversations. You know what this world, I believe, wants to see right now in a hopeless time frame? I think they want to see that. Is there hope? Uncertainty for the future. And the Bible says there is. They want to see it. They don't want to hear about it per se only. They need to see it. And we, when we are that light, we become that visual, that object lesson for them to see the words come to life. If you would, take your candle at this time. You and the children have done very well with the candles. Uh, I know it can be tempting. But I do um, would ask for us to, uh, all together, uh, on the count of three, just kind of light your candle. Again, typically we go down and light each one and we get to watch the room light up. Perhaps feel the warmth. And I get to say some lines that I absolutely love to use. That a flame loses nothing by lighting another one and another one. That, that original flame hasn't lost a thing. Of course, that object lesson's kind of not going to work today. You're, this candle's only going to last as long as the battery lets it. And the other aspect of this is it's representative today of the things that Carl and I were talking about last night, that this light that is within us, that we become the warmth and we become the light, and let this be a reminder to you. And watch what happens when all these lights come together. So if you would, take your candle, and on the count of three, uh, light your candle. One, two, three.
And if you would, just kind of look around for a moment. There are those that are watching by Facebook. I know Jim and Amy in, in Florida are watching. Look at all these lights of hope. All these lights of encouragement. All these lights of a future of certainty. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who's there waiting on us. I'm going to have a brief word of prayer, and then the praise team is going to lead us in a song of silent night. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the object lesson of a, of a candle. It's not how we desired it, but at the same time, it's here we are. We want to be well-pleasing and well-honoring to you. We can only say thank you this morning to you, Jesus the Christ. We can only say thank you to you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you do. We can only say thank you to, you, to God our Father, all-powerful, all-planning. We say thank you to the Godhead. Help us to live this light, be encouraged, and be looking to you for all things. I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
As we conclude today's candlelight service, we do wish you all a Merry Christmas as uh, the weeks or the days move toward uh, Friday, which is Christmas Day. Make sure to make that a special day for you and your family, ever how you choose to, uh, to celebrate. Uh, as we're dismissed, we would ask that you dismiss from the back uh, toward the front. And if you would like, uh, if you get a family picture by the trees, you know, do that safely, but uh, feel free to get a family portrait as well. Church, you are dismissed. Merry Christmas. <laughs>